<laughs> Hello and welcome to Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Stranger. I'm an actor, comedian, and one of your hosts. My name is Hammer Hammer Schmidt. Hammer also... Hammer Schmidt? <laughs> yeah. Schmidt. Schmidt? Yeah. I'm... Schmidt? Like, yeah. like the movie about Schmidt? Yes. Something about Schmidt? I'm an Israeli hammerhead shark. You're an Israeli hammerhead. <laughs> yeah. You do kind of look Hammer like... Hammer Schmidt Stein. You, you look, I'm not going to lie, with those glasses and the mustache, you look like John Edema. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> he was, a, he was a, a, a fake Green Beret and paramilitary guy who like just went over to Afghanistan. Oh. And like when the war started and <laughs> just like started leading troops and... Nobody questioned him. Not what these. a what a niche thing, dude. It's <laughs> so weird. What a niche reference right there. That, yeah, I watched a whole documentary about him. Nice. Very odd. And then he ended up buying a place in Mexico and uh, uh, going batshit crazy and almost murdering his uh, kidnapped wife. Mm, that's so, kind of sad. Yeah, but he also invented paintball. Oh. <laughs> 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 you learned something new. I love watching niche documentaries or whatever. I watched this one not too long ago about someone was hoarding, uh, shorting, hoarding, shorting the Herbalife stock. <laughs> and I watched like an hour and a half about it. Like yeah. Herbalife, like the yeah. tea? No, like the fucking, um, it's like an MLM scam. Oh. Yeah, I think it's yeah, called yeah. Herbalife. Yeah. You know who I've been watching online lately that I've been really digging is uh, the Illuminati, but it's spelled like naughty. Dude, this 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 girl like fucking uh, like deep dives into like a lot of pyramid schemes and shit. Nice. It's really funny. That's cool. There's some fucked ones. I had, uh, this reminds me of, I went to Catholic school and uh, we had a religion teacher in grade 11 and 12. I had this teacher. I won't drop his name because I don't know if he's licensed to teach religion because we didn't learn. <laughs> we did. It was a world religion course. And I've he, heard that about every single yeah. person who's taken a religion. Well, class. just to set up this teacher, he wore shorts all year round because he, quote unquote, didn't believe in pants. Why? Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. <laughs> he said he even wore shorts at his wedding. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that's all about. He like grew his own food in his like backyard and shit. He's a little bit of a hippy dippy. Yeah. But we he learned about the Illuminati and the occult, and he talked about Freemasonry shit and like fucking. Uh, I mean, in my world religion class. I, yeah. I mean, there's there's like the historical part of like mm. the Illuminati or like the Freemasons, which I think is interesting. My family's Freemasons. Yeah, like mm -hmm. I I know quite a few Freemasons, and like uh uh yeah, they seem like a they do a lot of good for the community. Not a lot of not a lot of bad. No, you know. Well, we learned about all sorts of different uh, weird conspiracies. We definitely talked a little bit about nine eleven. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It was a fun class. Did, did, <laughs> did fun, he mention class. that the Jacksons had reunited for a special concert? He actually on did. 10th. I had a fever dream and we brought it back. <laughs> also, <laughs> we talk about nine eleven quite a bit. I have to say. We do. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. It, you know what? It's because it. Listen, <laughs> you're ready for a nuanced opinion. It's about It's never going to go out of style to talk about nine eleven because Americans will never forget. It's true. I saw a documentary about nine eleven. Was called, it the Falling Man? Yeah, yeah. And everybody was like, "That's not him. That's not my dad. That's not my husband." Yeah, yeah. Everybody does not want to claim that that was no. Yeah, and I mean, fair enough, because that's a pretty awful thing to lay claim to. Well, that was everywhere. It was on like Time Magazine. Yeah, fucking, yeah. I, I I saw that when I was way too young. Mm -hmm. Like the, that's the a, one image. of those documentaries that people. There's also the one about the people that jump off the Golden Gate Bridge as well. Oh yeah, those are ones that people tell you to maybe watch when you're in a good mind space. Yeah, watch when you're in a good mood so you can get bummed out. 
That's the perfect time to watch really, really sad <laughs> documentaries. Exactly. Um, um, well, what's been going on, man? What have you been up to the past well, couple of weeks? Uh, I wrapped a play yesterday. Very nice. Yeah, did a did a children's theater show. Very nice. Uh, it was fun. Uh, I wrapped a TV show that w- w- also happened in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, we can't talk about that yet. Can't talk right? about no. it yet. Uh, but I'm sure people would be able to figure it out if they zoomed in on my laptop. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just fucking honestly, just so busy uh, and doing comedy. But speaking of comedy, mm-hmm. got a tour. Yes, you do. You should yeah. do. Uh, Invermere, May 13th. And then I'm going to Swift Current, Medicine Hat, Kelowna. And then I'm on Vancouver Island. So get your tickets soon. Very cool. It's going to be fun. And we're... At the Comic Expo. Yes, and we've confirmed the date because we can read calendars. Yeah, it is April 27th. It's the 28th. It's the 28th. Yes. Okay. The 28th. It is the 28th at 6 6 p.m. Yes, at the Expo. Come on the 28th, not the 27th. (laughs) Yeah, the the Expo is still going to be on on the 27th, but we're there the 28th. We're doing a live podcast about uh, video game music. Yeah, and it's going to be really fun. uh, I'm working on some surprises right now. Mm. Uh, We tried to get a special guest Mm -hmm. who was like a Calgary celebrity. And they were like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) But, which, fair enough, uh, uh, I can understand why. Mm. Uh, It's intimidating to get onto a platform that is as big as ours. It's true. We are the number one English-speaking music history (laughs) podcast in Chile. It's true. And we're climbing the charts in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Let's go. We've we've been on their music history charts for a few weeks now. I don't know how. It's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, So, yeah. uh, Should we do a call to action? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Call to action. Uh, Every week on Misfits on Vital, we talk about an album. But we want to start hearing from you guys. So let us know what albums you're talking about. Sorry, I'm very hungover. I want to know what albums you guys want us to talk about. And, um, yeah, let us know what you want us to listen to. Because we'd love to review some fan-submitted albums. um, And, like, we'd love your feedback, too. And slide into our DMs. Slide into our DMs. um, Follow us on Instagram. Misfits on Vinyl Podcast. Uh, We're always posting memes. We We got the Gmail. Got the Gmail. You can email us, Misfits on Vinyl Podcast at gmail.com. Nice. I'm always, uh, I got Canva pronouns, so our yeah. Instagram is going Which, through the roof. By the way, I wish you had said that you were going to get it because we could have just added each other to each other's teams mm. and then we would have saved money on it. Damn. So we should have done that. That would have been. Well, we got so much cash rolling in from the podcast, it doesn't even matter. That's true. We the, that, that's One of the why... perks of being yeah. the number 37th English speaking music history podcast in Ghana <laughs> is that you get a lot of cash flowing in. Yeah, it's true. I mean, look at this elaborate set. Um, we actually rent this apartment just for the podcast. It's true. Yeah, nobody lives here. Nobody lives here. No. Uh... <laughs> Why would anybody live here? <laughs> no, nobody lives here. Um, obviously, you know, great couches. Yep. Um, I mean. We, we have we do a wear... costume designer. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we are wearing our normal clothes. Yeah. But yeah, there's nothing special going on today. Nothing special no today. Reason, no reason for us to but be wearing But we do have a costume designer attire. on the payroll. We do have a costume designer. We have makeup as well. Yeah. 
We have to sit in hair and makeup for an hour before each show. I know. From primarily audio we're, format. Yeah, we're also, it's because we're so good looking that they have to uglyify us. They have to uggo us. Yeah, because it's um, it's too distracting. It fucks up the YouTube algorithm. We're it too handsome. Honestly does. Yeah, it's facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're back uh, again this week. I think we have this new segment, right? Uh, we do, but before we get Ooh. into that... Uh, Sam Sam the Tech Man wanted to know, uh, what's your review of the Minx? Oh, yeah. Sam mentioned last podcast uh, to all of our listeners, and specifically to me, to watch the Minx. Um, and I watched it, and it was very good. Yeah? It was, I was surprising. I was surprised at how good it was. He was very honest. There is quite a um, bit of penises. Um, I'd say a large amount of cock. I believe it's peni. Peni, sorry. A large amount of cock. Nice. Um, in the I TV it's Kakai. show, Kakai. I thought that's what Spencer looks like in that wig, a little Kakai. Uh, uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's a very good what show. What wig are you talking about? I'm no, not sorry, wearing a wig. Sorry. Uh, very good show. Um, it's like about the porno industry in the 70s, about making a trailblazing magazine. Um, nice. It's a very good watch. The acting's really good. Uh, Jake Johnson's in it. Uh, I forget the name of the, the lady in it, but it balances quite a bit of... Um, I mean, the, all the main characters are not particularly likable people, um, but they have this sole goal of making this male, um, well, like a female-orientated porn magazine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's a really good watch. I I'm, I'm imagining there's a lot of bush. Um, not really. You don't Why? see. It, you don't see a lot of titties. No, uh, no, no. I mean, like, like or, or, just anyone. No, bush. not even the dudes are not even really? rocking that many many bushes. Well, but, that's just wrong. In the uh, 70s, they were all, they were all uh, like, flowing down there like a Yeah, forest. I mean, I didn't do any, like, extensive research into the historical ac- accuracy of the peni. I mean, uh, <laughs> listen, I've seen The Green Door. I've seen Debbie Does Dallas. There's lots of bush in both of those movies. Fair enough. But I recommend it. It's on Crave. Um, I don't know where it's on in the U.S., but they're picked up for a second season. Hey. Um, the, the ending, I'd say, was a little bit on the weaker side, but overall, the show was a very good watch. Um, it's only like nine episodes. Nice. So, yeah, and they're all between like 25 minutes and 35 minutes. It's quick to get through. We watched it in like three days. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I might have to check it out now. Yeah. All right. I give so, it a thumbs up. You give it a thumbs up? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> nice. Uh, 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 I, I, I'm going to finish this segment. Nice. By introducing our next segment. Mm-hmm. The newest segment. The newest segment. <laughs> because it is... Like, what I loved is that the one day when you were like, Spencer's like, don't cut it out, you cut it out. I love that. I'll accompany you. There you go. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this is our new segment that we've only done like four times now. Um, so I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. All <laughs> Still right. fresh. So. Sam's Today in Music History. <laughs> yes. In 2000, Metallica filed a suit against Napster, Yale University, the University of Southern California, and Indiana University for copyright infringement. Mm. Um, of course, everybody has seen the animation of Lars when all of that was going on where they made him like a little troll. <laughs> they made him like Gollum, and he's like, he's like, 
yes, let's sue them. And he's like whispering into James Hetfield's ear and James Hetfield has like a huge overbite and he's like, oh, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, uh, that might be a worth it at some point in time to do a little bit of a deep dive into the Napster uh, Metallica fiasco. Um, which honestly, like funny enough, like. They were right, mm. but then what we ended up getting in the end was still free music for everyone, and you're making some money, but it's still not. What yeah, it was it's not with great. Albums. I mean, I remember when LimeWire was the shit. Oh, yeah, I fucking miss LimeWire so yeah, much. LimeWire was the best, and then all your songs would be named like MP3 file six zero nine nine two. Yeah, and you had to actually physically go back and change the names of the songs, or you would upload it into iTunes, and then it would automatically do that for you. Yeah. Which, that was my way of doing it. I would always just throw shit into iTunes. I used to use YouTube to MP3 all the time as well. Oh, yeah, I yeah, did that too. That was a big one I used to use as well. Yeah, I still do that sometimes. Nice. It's yeah. impressive. It's I, impressive. I'll, I'll still... I like how I was like, which bleep? Because I was like, I, I like those websites. <laughs> I, I like those websites because when I'm downloading music illegally i love to learn about the sexy singles in my area that's true it's uh, quite a, it's quite the it's the win-win situation i'm yet to know anybody who has met any of the sexy singles no i don't think they exist that's i think sad. they're i think they're fake are they just trapped in the computer yeah I have a story my good friend's neighbor was a porn star nice and her photo was used as one of those and she had to like sue to get it taken down but really Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's an anomaly. That is an onomatopoeia. Yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Precisely. Nice. I got thumbs now. <laughs> <laughs> You're evolving. I am. Slowly. <laughs> okay. In 1989, two DJs on Los Angeles station KLOS asked, Whatever happened to David Cassidy? The singer called the station up and the presenters invited him onto the show. David played three songs live on air and was subsequently signed by a new record label. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's a cool little story. That's a cool little story. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, in uh, in 2010, the Vatican's official newspaper, Le Observatore Romano, nice. published a story praising the Beatles and saying that it forgave John Lennon for the 1966 <laughs> comment that the group was bigger than Jesus. I don't think it's really their place to... To forgive yeah, for that. Yeah. I think that the only person who can forgive is Jesus, and I don't think he really gave a fuck. I don't think he wanted to be big. I think I think the Vatican has a couple more pressing issues they should probably take care of. You know, uh, a couple I, I more agree. things to rectify than John Lennon saying the Beatles are bigger than Jesus. Like as a city state, they don't really have an economic center. No. They should maybe focus on that first. Yeah, what sort of industry do they have besides yeah. <laughs> exploiting poor people? For and money? children. Yeah, and ch- definitely children. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay. God bless. <laughs> well, hopefully he doesn't bless them. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, in 1975, during an interview with Playboy magazine, David Bowie announced his second career retirement, saying, I've rocked my role. It's a boring dead end, and there will be no more rock and roll records for me. The last thing I want to be is some y- useless fucking rock singer. Mm. And then he can... What year is it? 75? Did you say? 75. Yeah, well, then he continued to make rock records for about another 40 I, years. I think he, yeah. he released one in 76. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I I don't know what he was 
saying that. Yeah, I guess he like didn't realize that things could be quoted and put I, into history books. Because <laughs> yeah, because he ended up releasing a bunch of rock records. Yeah, yeah. He seemed like a very weird dude. Yeah, I I uh I like the mystique around him. He's a very interesting cat. Yeah. He had another, like, kind of like Johnny Cash, where his last music video was very mm-hmm. dark. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ugh. Fucking mm-hmm. that came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. And then he died, and you're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> this is the last record, Black Star, is that what it's called? I think so, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, in 1967, Mick Jagger was punched in the face <laughs> by an airport <laughs> official during a l- row at Le Bourgot Airport in France. Uh, Jagger lost his temper after the Rolling Stones were being searched for drugs, resulting in them missing their flight. <laughs> now, okay. Airport officials sometimes deserve to be punched in the yeah. face. I kind of think that he might be in the right there. I, I don't know. I think this is, he punched, he got punched in the face. He got punched yeah. in the face. I think, I don't know if it, like in the sixties. I'm not surprised I got searched at an airport. This is like the most like yeah yeah. I mean, especially when their songs are about drugs a yeah, lot of the time. I mean, but the fact that Keith Richards exists, is, you know, is a is a drug warrant in itself. That is um, also very true. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I feel like I have they were kind of deserved. Kind of deserved, but also the the uh, airport officials. Probably were being kind of dicks. <laughs> a lot of the time, they're dicks. Yeah, that's true. It really depends. Um, but I don't know. I'm 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 siding with uh, air traffic. Well, on you this know what? One. I'm siding on airport security on this. Listen, one. I'm being nonconformist. Okay. Well, I'm fighting for the working well, man. Think about it now. <laughs> like in 1967, how strict was the security? <laughs> like he probably he, he, like he was just like a quick pat down. He didn't have to take off his shoes. He didn't have to do anything. They probably glanced in his bag. Like you know, I bring a little too much toothpaste on the plane now and i'm panicking so (laughs) it's like it's 1967 dude i used to get fingers in the butt a lot (laughs) i don't know why like they just like before they had the like the thing that you stand in that like scans all the way around uh i used to get pulled aside for the random searches frequently really that's funny (laughs) i i've got pat down a couple times and i'm fine i mean i'm not on no fly list so yeah i'm not red flagged you're probably red flagged every time you come into the airport dude i don't know why i it's not like i did anything wrong (laughs) fly a plane into a building fuck allegedly allegedly uh in 1968 the outspoken frank zappa performs at a diner for the national academy of recording artists and sciences uh who are the people who give us the Grammys? Mm-hmm. Zappa says the event is a load of pompous hookum and tells the <laughs> audience all year long, you people have been uh, have manufactured this crap. Now for one night, you're gonna have to listen to it. Nice, <laughs> nice. That sounds like the most Frank Zappa thing to Frank Zappa ever zapped. Yeah, he he definitely zapped the Zappa. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like a very Zappa. I when uh, I was a little kid, I thought that Frank Zappa and Frank Sinatra were the same person. I gotta I gotta. F- <laughs> okay, sorry, I just needed to take that in. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say I have a fun, uh, fun thing. I don't remember the name of his kids, but I can guarantee his kids have some really strange names. I was oh, searching this up recently. Yeah. So, moon unit. Moon oh, unit. Moon unit. <laughs> nice. Uh, then you have Dweevil. Dweevil. <laughs> <laughs> Dweevil Zappa and Moon Unit Zappa. There's one more, and it's like 18 names. Oh, I love that. Oh, of I just, I just know that he had a bunch of. He named his kids some really terrible things. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> moon unit zappa. In 1973, one of the most memorable moments, Stevie Wonder plays a funky seven-minute live version of Superstition on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like that. Okay. Diva Muffin. Diva Muffin? Diva Muffin. Diva Muffin Zappa. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by the Muffin Man. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by drugs. <laughs> okay. Uh, releases from this year mm-hmm. or from this day, in going back into this year. Yes, previous years on this day. Yes, I. Understand. This day in history. Yeah, I understand the concept of the the bit. Yeah. Today in music history. Yes. Releases. <laughs> I understand. I get it. <laughs> In 1989, yes, on this day, yes, Garth Brooks released his self-titled debut album. Nice. In 2011, on this day, mm. Foo Fighters released their seventh studio album, "Wasting Light." Mm. In 2005, on this day, yes, Mariah Carey released "The Emancipation of Mimi." Oh, was that the one with? Uh... Like obsessed with me and fucking uh, what's the other one? Uh, she's got the, those. Yeah, why you so obsessed with me? There's another one. She's got that. Uh, there's a certified banger off that album. Yeah, fuck. I forget the other one. It's called. Uh, but I, it's... I just remember it was it was played a lot on Sirius XM Hits One. Yeah, at the I just, time because yeah. my dad had that. Yeah, and I know obsessed with me is about Eminem. Like they're beefing. They used to beef. Why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have a feeling Eminem was probably being a dick. I mean, I have a feeling he probably made fun of Nick Cannon's yeah. rapping. But to be fair, Mariah Carey can, you know, she's the most humble, down to earth. A hundred percent. You know, really, really, um, you know, the woman of the people. Honestly. So Her and Gwyneth Paltrow are the yeah, best I, to Yeah, I mean, how dare... Gwyneth Paltrow's extremely expensive ski vacation be interrupted <laughs> by a man getting critically injured. <laughs> how terrible. Poor Gwyneth. I mean, how is she going to produce more vagina-scented candles? <laughs> yeah, her pH will never be the same. That's good, Sam. That was a good one. I mean... <laughs> All this, all this, all this money she made off of her really inexpensive, um, you know, products. I, the, the the philanthropist company known as Goop, um, which also gross name. Yeah, gross. Yeah, name. isn't her child named Apple? Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Anywho, uh, okay. And the last release mm-hmm. on in 1982, on this day, John. Cougar, mm. Mellencamp, nice. released American Fool. Nice. Is that got Lil Diddy? Uh, I don't know which one that has. Yeah, I think that's probably got Lil Diddy. I mean, he should Diddy on out. Sucking on Chili Dogs. Sucking on a Chili Dog. <laughs> that's uh, the best cover of all time. Sucking on a Chili Dog. Sucking on a Chili Dog. dog. Okay, so every episode on Misfits on yes. Vinyl, we review an album. Sometimes it's one of our uh, favorites. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a popular one. Sometimes it crosses over. And sometimes Sam gives us an album. To do, yeah. To do. And this is one of those. And this is one of those. I say it falls in the... It, it falls in the popular category. Yeah, the popular... If there was an extra diagram to this Venn diagram, it would uh, 
be Sam's orders and popular. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. would be in the middle of that one. It, it, it crosses over on this, this yeah. half of it. It's like there's there's four circles. Mm-hmm. I'd say this was uh, this album is a big part of popular music for our demographic growing up. Uh, oh, this yeah. was kind of the uh, big sound of you know grade six, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it was I think nine, ten, eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, this album that we are reviewing, I guess we should mention it. Yes, it is. Katy Perry, Teenage Dream. Yeah. Everything begins to make sense. <laughs> Why we're dressed like we are. It now you makes understand. Sense. Yeah, now you get if it. If you're watching on YouTube. Mm-hmm. One of our one of our eight YouTube viewers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it has been popping off. It has been popping After off. After our triumphant Super Tramp episode. <laughs> you're on- back. <laughs> Honestly. Super Tramp. Tramping it up. Yeah, we are back. We are back. Um, with this great album, this pop classic. So, about the album, Teenage Dream is the third studio album by American singer Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. It was released on August 24th, 2010 through Capitol Records. But there was a lot of singles from this that came out just before that. Just beforehand, yeah. Um, like, California Girls was the first, I think, yeah. single from it. And then there was the one that was on... Uh, it was recorded around the same time... Uh, if we ever meet again, do, oh, uh, da, 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 that's, I don't know if that's on this album. It was, it, I, I looked into this. It was included as like a bonus on like digital downloads. Okay. Interesting. But not yeah, a part of the that album was, itself. That was a popular one. And then of course, Teenage Dream. Yeah. E.T. E.T. Um, there's Last Friday Night. Yeah. There's Peacock. A, Peacock. Yeah. Firework. Firework was the big one. Ex- the the uh, uh what's the that? one that got away the one that got away there yeah, we go yeah which sounds exactly like another song later in the album that I didn't know that <laughs> yeah. until I listened to the whole album <laughs> but I was like I was like wow she was really recycling this is here. um this is like basically she we talk about it in a couple seconds here but she brought in a bunch of really heavy hitter producers mm-hmm. on this album to make like literally some of the best of the best production people are on oh, this yeah. album some you know they have crazy statistics they work with crazy amounts of popular artists um so they kind of made this album to be one of the biggest pop albums ever and they that was the purpose they succeeded and they succeeded, they succeeded yeah. really yeah. well because mm-hmm. like she was right at her peak of like just coming out of like uh, uh hot and cold and i kissed a girl you know like that she's still riding that yeah. high and then, well, that's where she broke out on that album, One of yeah. the Boys. That was in 2008. Yeah. Um, so she kind of was writing a couple smash hits off of that album into this, you know, which this is a different sound than that album as well. That album was a little more rock influenced. This mm-hmm. one is very straight pop. Except uh, for Circle the Dream. Yeah. That one is is very, like, I when, when I was listening to that, I was like, shit, this sounds kind of like a Paramore mm. song. You know, like it had that same like tempo, fucking very high energy, faster. I was like, damn, okay, was not expecting this. Yeah, because she was doing a lot of rock stuff. She was on Warp Tour and like, you know. Which that's wild to me. Yeah, she did Warp Tour in 2009. Wow. Um, yeah, so she was uh, kind of, this is a bit of a switch in sound for her. She's taking a, a swing to the fence. And which you don't really think about it because Katy Perry's been so pop now for such a long time, but this was kind of the first big shift into making like straight 
big hits. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, so it was recorded throughout 2009 and early 2010 using multiple studios in and around L.A., New York, and Atlanta. Uh, primarily a pop record, uh, Teenage Dream also contains elements of disco, electric, rock, funk, house, high energy, uh, and hip-hop. Uh, that revolves around young love, partying, self-empowerment, and personal growth. Uh, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind wanting to start again? I don't because plastic bags have been banned in grocery stores, so I feel more like a paper bag. Mm. Yeah, we don't get plastic bags anymore. I mean, I still see them floating around. Yeah, I feel like a reusable bag. Ah. Yeah. Like, Sitting in the cupboard, and then when you go to the grocery store, you never bring them. And you have to buy more yeah, of them? Yeah, and then you have to yeah. buy more, yeah. That's I, what I, I do that that's what I feel like. That's time. what I feel like, yeah. I have an entire bag of reusable <laughs> I know. bags. Every time we go, I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, I forgot my bags. So then I have to fucking either buy the paper bags for 15 cents a pop, or... Or you just go, uh, shit, I'll just carry everything Yeah, I'll just house. do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay, uh... Perry co-wrote the album and worked with a number of producers, uh, as you just mentioned, such as Dr. Luke, Max Martin, Benny Blanco, Stargate, and Greg Wells. Mm -hmm. uh, Max Martin co-wrote over 25 number one hits, including Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears, It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC, and I Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd. Uh, he's the songwriter with the third most number one singles on the charts behind only Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Yeah. In addition, he is tied with George Martin for the most number one uh, hot 100 number one songs as a producer with 23. Yeah, George, That's crazy. George Martin's the fifth Beagle, Beatle or whatever. He's the extra guy but uh, that did all the production for them. But, I mean, he's a super heavy hitter. Not only like the ones that you mentioned, but he wrote a bunch of the – Big songs off of 1989, Taylor Swift. He co-wrote a bunch of those. I mean, he's basically got his finger on every every other or every third number one track wow. since, like, the early 2000s. That's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, he's got a really, really crazy, um, yeah, like, track record. It's very impressive. His 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 track list is insane? Yes. Nice. Yeah. All he's right. Swedish. It's Swedish. Well, yeah, with Max Martin, mm -hmm. I assumed he'd be a Swede. Mm -hmm. Uh Greg Wells is a uh, multiple Grammy-winning Canadian musician, record producer, songwriter, and audio engineer. Uh, has songs uh, on over 130 million albums sold. Yeah, he's sold. Wow. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, he's worked with Adele, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Ariana Grande, Michael Bublé, uh, The Greatest Showman. Uh, he wrote The Greatest Showman wow. soundtrack, yeah. Kid Cudi. Okay, I'm just going to yeah. scan through that. Keith Urban, nice. Uh, Celine Dion, 21 Pilots, Aerosmith. Holy shit, okay. He started out in Kim Mitchell's band playing on the keys. Wow, that's yeah, fucking crazy. Might as well go for a soda and patio wow, lanterns. That yeah. is fucking crazy. That's a little Canadian... Uh... Canadian legend Kim Mitchell. You know what? That's pretty amazing. Those patio. I would have lanterns. never connected Kim Mitchell and Katy Perry. There you go. That's, so there's a that's wild. there's a through line there. Yeah, he played with uh, Kim Mitchell in the late '80s and early '90s before he got into songwriting and record producing. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Benny Blanco co-produced and co-wrote a multitude of hit songs in the 2000s and thereafter uh, contributed to the sale of over 500 million albums worldwide. Yep. 
uh, working with Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Maroon 5, Kesha, Britney Spears, Rihanna, Sia, The Weeknd, Selena Gomez, Jesus Christ. If you just went into like it, with him, it really seems like you could just look at the so top. This fucking- is really this is really <laughs> interesting because all these producers. So uh, Max Martin uh, mentored Dr. Luke. The Dr. Luke mentored Benny Blanco. Wow. So, yeah, they're all kind of in the same family. They've worked together on lots of different stuff. Now, controversial producer that you just mentioned, yes. Dr. Luke, worked on the album and has worked with such artists as Doja Cat, Kelly Clarkson, Pink, Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears, and Kesha, which he can... Uh... Which we can leave for another time. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know if you know about the whole... No. Um. Yeah, I mean, we can get into it a little bit, but, yeah, Kesha had sued Dr. Luke um, for um, R-wording her. Uh, yeah. So oh, this is shit. this producer, okay. but it. I mean, it's. I mean, the court case has been settled. It didn't. He didn't get charged. Um, but it's. You know, it's a very. It's tough to say what. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I never followed the case that closely. Yeah, yeah. But it's still very um shrouded and it's shrouded in cloud. Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, controversy. I mean, it kind of ruined this guy's reputation. I mean, Kesha also, um, you know, has taken a bit of a hit that it. You know, whether it's true or not, I side that I believe her, but yeah. I mean, it's very tough to say what really happened. And I well, mean, I mean, like, what are you really gaining from making that up about a producer in the industry? Yeah, that that, yeah. that she wrote a bunch of smash records with, too. Yeah. So that's that's maybe something, again, we, we talk about it another time and get a little more detail, because I don't know if I know enough to fully... Uh, yeah. Explain the situation, but that's kind of the. the and I don't know if you know this or it. not, but I'm stupid. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. So that also. Okay, Katie wanted to step away from her more soft rock and pop rock oh, sounds on the second album. Uh, one of the boys, which produced uh, hit songs Hot and Cold, and I Kissed Girl, looking to make a more pure pop record that had playful tracks mixed with personal insights. Mm hmm. God damn, did she do it? She sure did. She fucking hit that on the head. Okay. Um, about the artist, Catherine Elizabeth Hudson mm-hmm. was born October 25th, 1984 in Santa Barbara, California to Pentecostal pastors, Mary Christine and Maurice Keith Hudson. Both of her parents turned to religion after a wild youth. Mm-hmm. That sucks for her. And they really turned to religion. Oh, they certainly you did. Bet. Yep. Uh, from the ages of three to 11, she frequently moved across the country as her very strict parents set up churches before settling again in Santa Barbara. Growing up, she attended religious schools and camps, including Paradise Valley Christian School in Arizona and Santa Barbara Christian School in California, uh, during her elementary years. Uh, her family struggled financially, sometimes using food stamps and eating food from the food bank, which also fed the congregation at their church. Mm -hmm. That's really fucking sad. Um... Because you know that part of that is just from, like, going all in on the religion the, the religion thing. thing. Yeah. That yeah. sucks. Uh, growing up, Perry and her siblings were not allowed to eat the cereal Lucky Charms as the word luck reminded her mother of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Just wait a minute. Wait till the next one. This next one's cringy. And we're also required to call deviled eggs angeled eggs. <laughs> God, I hate, I hate people that are heavily religious like this. Uh, it's... It's so insane to me. It's so stupid. It's like, maybe just don't eat deviled eggs. Yeah. I got such a beef with it. I mean. Also, like, what? Uh, oh, God, that's insane. Okay. Uh, Perry <laughs> primarily listened to gospel music, as non-religious music was generally discouraged in the family's house. Of course it was. Yeah. She discovered popular music through CDs she would sneak from her friends. Uh, 
she recalled a story about how a friend of hers played You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette, which impacted her songwriting and singing. She graduated high school at age 15. Holy shit. Yeah, she uh, she got all of the requirements for her GED, and then at 15, she stopped going to school because she graduated and Good started pursuing music. Yeah, Good for her. And I, I know initially she was uh, 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 going for a little little Christian-y yeah, there's a little bit of that as well thing. about that yeah. So uh, she signed with Red Hill Records, recorded her debut album, a contemporary Christian record titled Katie Hudson, uh, which was released on March 6, thousand and one. Katie Hudson received mixed reviews from the. I just I I, I had I couldn't yeah, um, no. <laughs> for commercially. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> it's it's maybe the worst thing that happened in 2001. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, so it was commercially unsuccessful, selling an estimated 200 copies before the label ceased operations in December. Transitioning from gospel to secular music... Uh, she started working with producer Glenn Ballard and moved to Los Angeles at age 17. In 2004, she signed to Ballard's label, Java Records, uh, but dropped from the label within the year. She was signed as a solo artist to Columbia Records in 2006 and spent some time writing music for others. Yeah, she wrote songs for Kelly Clarkson, and she wrote a song for Selena Gomez. Oh, nice. Yeah, very so, early Selena Gomez. Um, but yeah, she didn't have a lot of individual success at that time. Um, with her solo work, which honestly I feel like a lot of a lot of uh, it's kind of like when you see comics that work as a writer on mm -hmm. on a show for a while, they end up becoming better comics after. Yeah, she so, she was in the long game. I mean, she yeah. recorded her first record in two thousand one, and she didn't start popping off till two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, so she was in it for the long run. You know, six seven years of just being dropped and picked up from other record labels and not getting her albums produced. I know at Java, she had an album in the work and then they dropped her from the label before she got to finish her album. Fuck. Yeah. So that's happened a couple times with her. Okay. So this is something that I added in, mm -hmm. uh, in 2005, she briefly dated actor, uh, Johnny Lewis. Mm. Now, Johnny Lewis was on sons of anarchy. And then, uh, he was like, he was kind of like, uh, you know, rising actor star. He kept, like, uh, popping up and stuff, and he was a guest star on a lot of things. And then he suffered uh, a motorcycle accident and, uh, like, suspected – they suspect that there was brain damage caused from the accident. Mm. But they never actually gave him an MRI. So for years he was kind of, like – Okay, like, I've heard of this Going guy, through, yeah, like, psychotic yeah. breaks, and then, like, you'd feel fine again, and he would go – but he wasn't acting at all this time. And then – uh, in 2000 and I think it was eight, I just had to look it up there, but, uh, in 2008, uh, he had a psychotic break and murdered his landlady and assaulted the painter next door. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. And like his landlady was like taking him in and he wasn't even paying rent or anything. It was supposed to be like a, like help him get on his yeah. feet sort of a situation. Shit. Um, and she had done this for a lot of people before. Uh, and yeah, he murdered her and then like went outside and like, uh, tried to, uh, assault the people next door and they like locked themselves in there. And then, yeah, he ended up dead too. Uh, so like the police came there and, and there was like, just, it was a horrific scene, Wow. but yeah. So I, I, I watched a whole documentary about him. So I, I wanted to throw nice. that yeah, one. I didn't there. know that I did hear about this story before, um, 
very briefly though, I didn't uh, know. I know he murdered somebody, but I didn't know the the complete details. Yeah, um, we do get a bit into her romantic life too. So that's one boyfriend. Yeah, that's one boyfriend. She also d- dated Travi McCoy from uh, Gym Class Heroes. Ooh, yeah, that's another one she dated. That's a that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Really picking the winners <laughs> yeah. here. Well, there's another one we got to talk about. All right, Perry had minor success uh, prior to the breakthrough. One of the songs recorded for her album with Ballard Simple was featured on the soundtrack for the 2005. Fi- film the sisterhood of the traveling pants i forgot that movie <laughs> yeah. existed what yeah, a fucking awful fucking movie <laughs> uh she provided backing vocals on mick jagger's song old abbots die hard which was included to the soundtrack to the film uh elfie with jude law <laughs> <laughs> uh in 2007 to 2008 uh uh that was like her breakthrough with one of the boys mm-hmm. after columbia dropped perry uh her demos ended up at Capitol records where she signed in 2007 the label arranged for her to work with Dr. Luke to add an uh, undeniable smash to her existing material. Bad choice of words there. <laughs> uh, Perry and Dr. Luke co-wrote it's this. From Wikipedia. <laughs> Perry and Dr. Luke co-wrote the songs "I Kissed a Girl" and "Hot and Cold." One of the boys, released June seventeenth, two thousand eight, garnered mixed critical reviews and reached number one or number nine on the U.S. Billboard 200. The album went on to sell 7 million copies worldwide. Mm-hmm. God damn. So then there's a little bit of, I didn't fill in all the information, but after this, she went on tour, Warp Tour, and then she did an MTV Unplugged album. Nice. Um, and then she went into Teenage Dream. And she married Russell Brand. Yes. On October 23rd, <laughs> 2010. In a traditional Hindu ceremony, of course it was, in Rajasthan, India, Mm -hmm. uh, on December 30th, 2011, Brand announced that they were divorcing after 14 months of marriage. Uh, Perry later cited, uh, stated that conflicting career schedules and his desire to have children before she was ready led to the end of the marriage. And that he never spoke to her again after sending a text message that he was divorcing her. While Brand asserted that the uh, he divorced her due to her commercial success and reluctance to engage in activism, uh, she was initially distraught over their divorce and said she contemplated su. Uh, I can't say that, or we'll get demonetized. Wax de wah Okay, unalive. She yeah. contemplated unaliving herself. Yeah. Wow. Um, I that's... mean, if I was married to Russell Brand, I'd also want to unalive. Myself. I would also yeah. want to unalive I myself. Mean, I watched five minutes of one of his YouTube videos and I contemplated hard. So, man, like he, like you know what? There was like. There was a hot minute where he was funny, you know, in like uh, like around that. I time. thought he was good. In, he was good in a couple movies. I can't say he was anything incredible. No, he wasn't incredible. I, mean, I thought but he I was mean, funny in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and he's good. He's okay and Get Him Into the Greek and Get Him Into the Greek. I I, I like that movie. I, I I will I will stand by that. And what else was he in? Uh, there was there was a few other ones. There was, there was that terrible remake we talked about. Yep, the uh, uh, fucking Arthur remake. Arthur Ugh. remake that was bad. That was really bad. Um. Yeah, no, he's just not good at uh, 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 maybe keeping his mouth shut. Yeah. And especially when he talks about issues that affect people that listen to him, but do not affect him at all mm-hmm. as a rich white dude from yeah, fucking he, he's England. Sli- he's slightly hypocritical. I mean, he's so caring and so loving to we the all people. just need to do yoga and but he, he divorced and... his wife over text what a bitch move yeah what, what a, a pussy ass move you know what yeah. uh you know the next time he's on joe rogan he should get chokeslammed yeah. <laughs> 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 
I would love to see that fight. I would that... love to force feed Russell Brand a steak. Oh my god! Yeah. But meat is murder. You can have you can have some wagyu. <laughs> I'm gonna force feed him some wagyu. It's not fair. Meat is murder. He has such an annoying voice. He sure too. does. Oh I'm not a big god. fan, as you can tell. Yeah. His stand-up was pretty fucking subpar. I've too. never seen his stand-up. Oh, it's so yeah, it's only... it's it's like I don't know what it is, but when somebody is like too arrogant on stage, mm. you just go ugh. What, ugh. Russell, Russell Brand being arrogant, unheard of. Yeah, you know, is it, who'd have thought? Unheard of. He's um, up there with Mariah Carey and Gwyneth Paltrow, the most humble people ever to live. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love to see a talk show with the three of them. Yeah, Holy shit. That would make great TV. Oh, my <laughs> God. That would be amazing. Okay, so Prism was released on October 18th, 2013, and has sold 4 million copies as of August 2015. It received favorable reviews from critics, uh, uh, and it included the track Roar. Mm-hmm. Uh, also included uh, Dark Horse. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, I can't think of any others. Yeah, yeah this it, later. I mean, the this is I think her peak because the later half of the career, a lot of the songs she released were kind of doo doo. Yeah. yeah, on February first, twenty fifteen, she performed at the Super Bowl halftime yeah. show. Lenny Kravitz and Missy Elliott, Elliot, Elliot, <laughs> Elliot served as special guests for the show. Her performance was critically acclaimed. And the Guinness World Records announced two days after the singer's halftime show that it garnered. 118.5 million views in the U.S., becoming the most watched halftime show in Super Bowl history. The viewership was higher than the game itself, which had an audience of uh, 114 million. That's fucked. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Album uh, Witness was released in 2017, received mixed reviews, debuted at number one in the U.S. Still debuted at number one. She's still making bank off I it. I got that song like Swish Swish and some other one on it. It's okay. Uh, uh, rest work. In 2017, uh, Calvin Harris released the song titled Feels, mm-hmm. uh, which featured Perry, Big Sean, and Pharrell Williams. Weird combo. Um, the song went to reach number one in the UK, and then Perry began hosting a concert residency named Play at Resorts World Las Vegas on December 29th, 2021. Uh, the Santa Barbara Independent reported that Perry's contract deal for the residency is worth $168 million. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. She's also a judge on American Idol. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah, she's been a judge on American Idol for the past, like, four or five years with Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan. And then she's, uh, yeah, doing this residency and fucking making bank. I quite honestly don't understand how residencies make money. Well, I, I, I it kind of makes sense. I mean... Like, it does, but, like, like what... I guess... I'm just confused, like, $168 million for, Well, like, you get, like, Adele or Katy Perry or Celine Dion, whoever it is, and you have them doing five or six shows a week. Yeah. Sold out, you know, three $400 a ticket in a smaller venue. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, and you have it for, like, four years or three years, two years, whatever their contract length is. Yeah. It's... It seems like a very, uh, I mean, not only does it bring in revenue from the tickets in the show, it also brings people to come stay at your hotel, you know, spend money on the gambling. You know food, what I would love more than anything? 
a fucking stand-up residency. <laughs> just five nights a week at the exact same location. You need to learn how to do something with puppets. That seems, uh, how, nah, actually, that seems how do you get residencies in Ve- Vegas. Not necessarily. Pub- I think I think uh, 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 Larry the Cable Guy has one. Nice. I think he had one. Or had Carrot Top. Yeah. Yeah, still. Yeah. Uh, I guess he, he does props, though, so yeah. that's, that's a type of puppet. Perry's residency with that contract payout was only a residency for 32 shows. 32 shows wow. for $168 million. Wow. wow. That's nuts. Okay, I got to really start learning how to play the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. You don't say. Like, God damn. That's okay. very impressive. That is, that is really impressive. I mean, impressive. you'd also have to, you know, build a world famous career for about 15 years. and That's true. Yeah. But that would work out to what? Like $7 million a show? Like... Okay. How good your How good your math? One sixty eight divided by thirty two. Uh, maybe no, no, no. It'd be like uh, four. Five point two five million Five, yeah, five point two five million a show. That's pretty good. So how much are those tickets then? Because that's insane. Like that is like. Sorry, Sam. I'm making you do a lot here. Uh, I'm just like. Uh, what was the theater again? Uh, it is the Didn't, something. In uh, uh, Resorts World, Las Vegas. Resorts World Las Vegas. That's okay. We can move on and Sam and Lois know in a minute. All right. Track lists are notable singles. We've talked about them already, but yeah. Teenage Dream, which is written as a throwback uh, to uh, her teenage years. Power Pop, an electro pop song, which features distinct retro sound. Inspi- inspiration for the track was Madonna and the Cardigans. Uh, last Friday night, the song recalls a true experience that Perry had while partying in Santa Barbara, which included streaking in, in a park, dancing on tables, and partying in a club. Musically, the song is styled in the genre of disco, high energy, while taking influence from dance pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead single, California Girls, uh, continues the retro sound carried from Teenage Dream and is written as an answer to Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Pays tribute to the beach lifestyle of California. Uh, song utilizes the genres of disco, funk pop, and electro pop. All right. And it also features Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I want to read Snoop Dogg's verse here for you. Uh, while you get that quickly, I'll tell you. Resorts World seats just under 5,000 people, and the lowest ticket price is $125, with the highest ticket price being almost 600 Wow. Okay, so yeah, I guess they would make that back in 32 shows. Yeah, I yeah, wanted to just... That also does, like, because that's Resorts World, so you might even... There's probably some sort of package deal. If you get a room at Resorts World, you could probably get a discount. Yeah. Like, it's attracting people to come to the casino. It's, like, more than... I like that we're really deep diving into the financial <laughs> legitimateness well, of this. Uh, <laughs> this is how we became the number one music history <laughs> English-speaking podcast in Chile. Uh, I just want to... I just want to read this. uh, I want to read this one quote from the Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Uh, This is the best part of the whole song, actually. Bikinis, zucchinis, (laughs) martinis, no weenies. Just a king and a queenie. (laughs) (laughs) Wild, wild West Coast. These are the girls I love the most. I mean, she's the one. She's a freak. She drives a Jeep. Beep, beep. Yeah, what the fuck was that line? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the fourth track, uh, Firework. (laughs) I don't really want to get into that song. I'm sorry. It's just, uh, we know what it is. Yeah, we do. Fucking, okay, I have to say this, though, that uh, when I was in, like, grade uh, 12, 
uh, Sask Express, which was like a, they would go around. It was basically theater kids who couldn't make it in theater went and did Sask Express, where they would go and sing in schools. Oh, it's like they, kid bop. But yeah. Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. God. And they would, they would Ugh. tour around. So they came like every year. And it What's the financial viability of that? Yeah, Jesus. Oh God, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, in 2000 and, uh, uh, yeah, 2000, uh, I guess it was 2013. They came to my school when I was in grade 12. And if we wanted to sing a song with them, we got to miss the first half of the day to like learn the choreography and stuff. And uh, it was for fireworks, so I went and did that. There's a picture in the yearbook of me doing part of the dance where I'm just like, <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, what the hell? They went to a school with five children to yeah. teach them how to dance. Oh, God. <laughs> it was so dumb. But fuck Norris, ask it one. Uh, the one that got away, a rock and pop ballad, stated mm-hmm. that she wrote the song about when you promise someone forever, but you end up not being able to follow through. It's a bittersweet story. It is. It's a bittersweet symphony, my love. Okay. Uh, the eighth song, E.T., is a song about falling in love with a foreigner. A uh, mix of... <laughs> remix of... I'm sorry. Straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's about Russell Brand. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> 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 he looks like a fucking alien. <laughs> His fucking protruding forehead and receding hairline. <laughs> fucking <laughs> oblong face, shaved yeah. face. He's fucking, he's got a pointy chin and a big round top of his head. Yeah. Extra, E.T. actually stands for extra T. <laughs> <laughs> E.T. stands for exit text. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was well done. That was well done. (laughs) Okay. uh... Reception of the album. Uh, with California Girls, Teenage Dream, Fireworks, E.T., and Last Friday Night, Teenage Dream is the second album in history to have five number one singles after Michael Jackson's 1987 Bad to top the U.S. Uh, Hot 100 and the first by a woman to achieve this milestone. Its sixth single, The One That Got Away, peaked at number three on the chart. The album debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200, selling 192,000 copies in its first week. And the album was later certified nine times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America for combined album sales, track sales, on-demand audio, video streams equivalent of nine million album sale units. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the album has gone on to sell 3.1 million copies in the U.S. and charted in the top 40 of the Billboard 200 year-end chart three years in a row. The album sold 1.3 million copies in the U.K., and uh, uh, the album and its singles earned Perry seven Grammy Award nominations, including Album of the Year, Best Pop Vocal Album, and Record of the Year. Did she win any of them? No. Damn. That's insane. Uh, November 5th, 2022, Teenage Dream became the sixth album of all time to spend 300 weeks on the Billboard Top 200. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, the album streamed over three billion times, peaked at number one on nine different international charts, and uh, critically, uh, Metacritic 
it has a score of 52 out of 100. Yeah, it, it's uh, a little bit, I think it's one of those albums like we've had a couple where in hindsight people realize the impact, whether or not they believe it's, you know, a super high quality album, mm-hmm. they understand the impact on the music scene as a or whole. Or if it's like justified yeah, in their opinion. Yeah, yeah, I mean it kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't, hasn't received great reviews, but I mean, how much has been streamed over 3 billion times that's insane it's fucking nuts that's and it was crazy. on the billboard th- top 200 for like 10 years yeah. it's insane that's that's yeah, crazy yeah it's so, it's yeah, nuts cuz like all music it's 4 out of 5 mm-hmm. billboard was 4 out of 5 rolling stone 3 out of 5 but we know that they don't know what they're talking no. about uh slant magazine Gave it 1.5 out of 5. Yeah. Matthew Cole of Slant called it overproduced bad girl debauchery, claiming that Perry was has found a way to lower the bar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the reception has grown more positive over time, like we've said. Uh, Pitchfork called the album a crowning achievement, and just not just of her career, but of its style. EDM and disco and pop, bold and belting, uh... Entirely processed, yet instantly recognizable. Robust, yet chitsy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Discover Music wrote that the album holds an outsized influence on pop music and many of the artists that she helped inspire. Uh, okay. Uh, now let's get into... Uh, I have a criticism. You have a criticism. Yeah, kind of what we talked about before. Uh, I mean, the, the side D of this album... Uh, is not is not great. I mean, I'll read the first couple tracks in a row, and you can make a, you know, a claim that there's a lot of bangers on the front side of this album. So, Teenage Dream, yep, is followed by Last Friday Night, both bangers, and then it's followed by California Girls. All three of those are great. Yeah, and then it's followed by Firework. It's you yeah. know what I I I don't like it, but I know all the words. Yeah. And it's fired by followed by fired by <laughs> followed by Peacock, which I I you know what I knew the lyrics, but I didn't know the song. Mm-hmm. But that it, song's okay. I it mean. hit pop culture though. Um, and then it's followed by Circle the Drain, which is okay. Uh, it's I would say it's it's good though. Like I would I would put that on the on the end. And of then good. it's the one that got away, and which that one's ET, good. Good. And then it's Who Am I Living For? Not good. Then it's Pearl. Not good. And then it's Hummingbird Heartbeat, which was written for Russell Brand. Which that one is really bad (laughs) and cringy. I hated that song. I hadn't heard it until I was listening to the album uh, this week. And I was like, this is just not good. (laughs) And then it's followed by Not Like the Movies. Yeah, that one I also was not a big fan of. So I I would agree with you. The last like four songs are pretty duddy. Yeah. So I'd say it's, uh, I mean, and for what it is, too, I don't find myself... Um, listening to this album on a regular basis, but no. I will say, in my personal opinion, "Teenage Dream" is one of the best pop songs ever written. That song slaps. Why did you say it like that? Why not? <laughs> you were like, "It's one of the best pop songs <laughs> ever written." It slaps. <laughs> you were like, you were like lisping into I it. I didn't do it on purpose, <laughs> but um, that's how excited I got. I, you you got so excited, you developed a list. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to see a speech pathologist. Speech pathologist <laughs> after this, but yeah, uh, I think it's one of the best songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best pop songs ever written. Best pop songs ever written. Yeah. Hey, where are we hitting the gritty right now? <laughs> <laughs> where we wrote one of the best pop songs ever. <laughs> we all know a kid that talked like that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's so true. 
There was always that one, and he was also the one that would like spit a lot. When yeah. He oh yeah. Oh yeah. He went away hitting and gritty right now. <laughs> <laughs> there was a kid like that that I rode the bus. Uh, what I don't even remember the kid's name. Like this is uh, I was like yeah. eight. It was when I lived in Invermere. Uh, I, I had to sit beside him on the bus, and uh, after the Scholastic Fair, he got a fucking Canucks poster. After the Scholastic Fair, Scholastic Fair, he got a Canucks poster, <laughs> and he was like. He was looking at the poster and he was like, Tola Bortuzzi! <laughs> and he was just like yelling every well, this player's is, name. The thing with these kids is like, there was nothing mentally wrong no. with them. They were normal kids. They just talked funny. They just talked yeah, stupid. <laughs> they yeah. just talked really weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love that that's getting popular on the internet now. There's people doing the impressions of those kids. <laughs> Man, there's so much. Because everybody knows one. Everyone yeah, knows one. We do. I have one that's on the podcast with me each week. Will we on a podcast for a while? Will we on a podcast for a while? All right. I think we've killed the bit. Every week on Misfits on Vinyl, we review on technical element musical element lyrics reception album art and does it hold up mm-hmm. okay technical element um i mean it's tough to argue with like having like three of the best producers to ever touch pop music on one yeah. album and five producers in total yeah well, that's yeah that's nuts. crazy and i mean countless fucking songwriters and tons of different people involved i mean i won't say it's the the best thing in the world, but some of the tracks are certainly very catchy and they, uh, the music and the production is, you know, very high quality. Um, but I can't say I love the way all the sound songs sound. Um, yeah, I feel like it's very generic. Yeah. There's, 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 like I said, like even circle the drain, which I think is a good song. It does just sound like a Paramore mm-hmm. song, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I would, I, I'd give it like probably a seven out of 10. Yeah, I think that's a fair rating. I, I was leaning more towards a six and a half, but I think seven is probably a little more accurate. Yeah, musical element, though, on the other hand. This is where it's kind of dividing, because half the songs are really good, and the mm-hmm. other half are fucking really bad. <laughs> so I'm coming in at a five. Yeah, I'm coming in at yeah. a hard five on musical element. Lyrics. <laughs> the plastic bag one, the fucking <laughs> Snoop Dogg lyric. I mean, come on. There's some funny lyrics in this album that yeah. are like, I, I would I would probably go like, ah. Uh, I, I can't go high. I can't go no, high No, you can't like, go high. I got to go like a four. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go five. I'll go five. So, so right now we're at like a five and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, reception. It was received mixed. It was literally 50 out of 100. Yeah, it sold so well. I mean, I think I got to go over a 50, yeah. over a 5 on it. Like, I'd go a, go a 6.5 or a 7. Yeah. I'd, because I'd, the hindsight and retrospect as well also gained some. That's also true. Yeah. I'd, I, yeah, I'd probably agree with you on a 6. Yeah. I think I think a 6. So we're at like we're at a 6 out of 10 right now. Album art is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I would say it's, it's pretty fucking cool it's pretty iconic she's lying on cotton candy clouds yeah, yeah. That's, and that's... it kind of suits the tone of the album apparently she was going for like um her like art direction on this album was like a Liechtenstein sort of pop art kind of was what she was going for so that's like the big colors and the f- colored outfits and the kind of uh cartoony like music videos stuff like yeah, that. yeah she was going for a Liechtenstein sort of uh vibe apparently well Nailed it. Yeah, there you go. I All like right. the album cover. Album cover, I'd go in an eight. Yeah, I'd go an eight too. So we're at we're at a seven out of ten, and does it hold up? 
I'd say yes. I say relatively, yeah. Relatively. I'd say yes. I would say like the songs that hold up really hold up, but the songs that don't I think I think personally it's I'm more of a six and a half out of ten in total on this album. I don't know if I want to give it a seven. Even though our aggregate score <laughs> added up to a seven. I uh yeah. I don't know if I want to give it a, a seven. I don't I think that puts it into like the you know, we've had a lot of albums coming in around a seven. I think it's more of a six, six and a half. I mean, in all fairness, we made Bruce Springsteen 8.5 out of 10. That's true. Yeah, that was our first episode. We have, <laughs> we, have cut, we have to cut ourselves some swack. Some swack? <laughs> you, you're doing it intentionally now. <laughs> you're doing it intentionally after, Anywho, we'll after go, I got in trouble for we'll doing go, it. We'll go <laughs> six fucker. and a half. We'll go six and a half. Okay, uh, uh, we'll go with 6.75. That's fine. Yeah. 6.75 out of 10. Okay, well, that's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, what a mess of an episode today was. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Okay, that was... Uh, God damn it! Right when I'm getting into the intro. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, that, that was Misfits on Vinyl. This was Misfits on Vinyl. <laughs> yes. uh, please like and subscribe. Send us your album recs. Mm-hmm. Come visit us at the Comic Expo. Yes, come see come see Spencer on tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Anal contusions. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Streichert and me, Aaron Walsh, and of course produced by Sam Sam the Tech Man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's misfitsonvinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.